Welcome into The Edge on this Thursday morning. I am Aaron Karolnik. Thrilled to be with you today as we have so much to get to. We have the Toronto Raptors who are rolling. Now winners of four in a row. Tanking. Not successful for this team. Another cover as well for the Raps over the Brooklyn Nets. If you've been betting on the Raps over the last four games or so, you have been increasing your bankroll. The Toronto Blue Jays, they beat the Red Sox yesterday as an underdog as well. So good news on all Toronto fronts. But will the Toronto Maple Leafs, who head into tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg as the favorite, as they customarily are over any team in the North, be able to get back on track after a, I guess they're in the midst of a five-game losing streak and their goaltending situation is in flux, to say the least. We'll talk to Kristen Shilton, TSN's Maple Leafs reporter, about that in a moment. Welcome in. It's The Edge on TSN 1050. We're streaming worldwide, TSN 1050.ca. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a nice rating. It will boost the spirits of Christy Averro, our technical producer, and we all could use a spirit boost these days. A jam-packed hour is ahead. As I mentioned, we have Kristen Shilton in just a moment. We have Matthew Cause, the host of Game Day on TSN 1050. And he's the host of many an Oscars party throughout his lifetime. Probably not this year, but that is relevant because the Oscars is on Sunday night. We'll break down the odds and pick some underdogs to make you some money. And finally, Johnny Avello, the man who sets the odds for DraftKings down in Las Vegas. He joins us at 1035 to look ahead to the NFL draft seven days away. Will it be Mac Jones at three? Will it be Justin Fields or maybe Trey Lance for the Niners? We'll talk about the odds for that and where the wagers are being placed as far as the NBA title odds go. But we begin here in Toronto, or maybe more appropriately in Winnipeg, where the Leafs are tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. And let's welcome in one of our favorites making her debut on the edge. It is Kristen Shilton. Good morning, Kristen. What's going on? Good morning, AK. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I like to hear that. I don't believe you, but I still like to hear it nonetheless. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time. And let's get right to tonight's game because it's a fascinating one. The Leafs have lost five in a row. We remember the last time they played the Winnipeg Jets losing 5-2 to two earlier this month. And the Leafs are still the favorite. They've been the favorite in all seven games these two teams have played this this year. And do you agree with Vegas and their sentiments? Do you think the Leafs should be favored considering the injuries? We know Hyman and Bogosian are out. We know the goaltending's a little shaky. What do you make of tonight's game? You know, I do think that the Leafs should still be favored here tonight just by a hair because I do think that in terms of their top, top players, their top six with Nick Foligno coming in tonight as well. He is expected to play for the first time since the Leafs acquired him uh, at the trade deadline. I do like their top six going up against the Jets' top six if they can get Austin Matthews rolling, get Mitch Marner rolling. You saw in that last game against Vancouver, I thought John Tavares and William Nylander had one of their best games in a while, but the Matthews-Marner connection uh, wasn't really there. Not a lot of sustained zone time for them, but you know they get going for those big games. We've seen them uh, not so recently against Winnipeg, but in the past against the Jets, definitely against the Oilers. They step it up when the moment calls for it. And so the Leafs should be favored because they have more to lose tonight if they can't get back on track. There's such a small margin for error in their season now if they want to stay on top of that North Division, and the Jets are right behind them. So I think desperation can uh, yield a lot of positive results, and that's what I'm expecting you're going to see 
from the Leafs tonight is just a really urgent, desperate team to get this thing turned back on the right track. Kristen Shelton, TSN's Maple Leafs reporter, our guest here on The Edge. And the over-under for the Leafs and the Jets has been a subject of conversation every time these two teams meet because historically these games have gone over, but it's just 4-3 and three in the seven games between these two teams this season. However, I think tonight is a fascinating case study considering the struggles of Jack Campbell, who we expect to be in goal. The total is set at six goals. Which sway would you lean for that one? You know, I would probably take the over, I think, for this. The Leafs, uh, the, you saw them pressing for more offense in that last game. Their power play is starting to get back on track. You've seen even a shorthanded goal. Uh, and, you know, just looking at, yes, Connor Hellebuck, a great goaltender. But, again, if those top six can get rolling for the Leafs, they're going to put a lot of pucks in the net. And if they get opportunities on the power play, convert on those, uh, that just gets more positive momentum even for them at five on five. And then the other way, I mean, Jack Campbell hasn't uh, looked great lately, struggling a lot in the net. Uh, I do think he's going to give up a few tonight as well. So I could see uh, Mark Shifley, Nick Ehlers, you know, loves playing uh, the Leafs. Mm-hmm. It seems like he's averaging about two goals a game at least. So I think there could be a lot of scoring tonight. I would definitely take the over. There you go. And and you talked about the race in the North Division. The Leafs are still favored to win the division. They are minus 230, which implies a probability of just over 69%. So there's still a very good chance. But then it's the Jets. And and you think about the way that things could change over the course of even tonight's game and how that could alter and shift the probabilities significantly. The Jets and the Oilers. The Jets are plus 350. The Oilers plus 450 to win the division. How certain are you that the Leafs are going to be really geared up and put in their full effort down the stretch to win the division? Because we know there's not fans in the stands. We know that home ice, not as important as it was in past years, certainly in the playoffs. So do you think that's going to be a a real subject of importance for Sheldon Keefe and, and the Maple Leafs down the stretch? You know, I do, and I think it's important because it's something that they have to prove to themselves more so than anything. I mean, they have been at the top of this division essentially since the start of the season. They have been controlling their own fate the entire way, and there was such an emphasis in the offseason put on having a strong regular season of being uh, competitors throughout, not just, you know, at the beginning or at the end, but you really wanted that sustained consistency. And if they allow this to slip away, if they allow Winnipeg or Edmonton or whomever to get that top spot and take it from them, it just is going to lead, I think, into such a demoralizing place for this franchise going into the playoffs. And that's where they have to finally find some success if any of these moves that have been made are to be worthwhile. So I do think it matters to them. And I also think when you look at who they could potentially be playing, if you stand first, that's probably Montreal. And Montreal has not been playing well. Carey Price's status is up in the air. Jake Allen has come back to earth, much like Jack Campbell. Uh, you, you want that matchup. You don't want to be facing potentially the Oilers or the Jets in the, sec- in the first round. I mean, that's just going to be a tougher matchup even though the Leafs have had success against Edmonton, the Oilers have been on a different level, I think, lately, uh, now that they've stopped just waiting for Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl to handle everything. They're getting a much better team effort. So there is a lot, a lot on the line for Toronto in finishing first in this division, more so than anything, just so that they know themselves 
that they accomplished this first goal that they set, which was to be a really consistent, strong, regular season team. To let that slip away at this point, I think it could be really catastrophic for their morale going into the playoffs. Mm, and so, Kristen, so today at uh, just after 5 o'clock, there will be the third reading of Bill C-218, which is the legislation of single-game betting here in Canada. But here on The Edge, we have developed something called Aaron's Sportsbook, where we develop our own odds to wager on. Let's hear it, Chris. Hey, that Aaron Karolnik guy, he's a hell of a handicapper, huh? He's so good he could change the odds of any bookmaker in the world. His numbers were so sharp, we gave him his own sportsbook. This is Aaron's Sportsbook. I am getting a call from TSN's legal department, which I will ignore to get to our first prop bet on Aaron's Sportsbook, Kristen. And we begin with this one. Odds to be the Maple Leaf starter in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Jack Campbell is the favorite at minus 200, Freddie Anderson at plus 150, or David Riddick at plus 1,000. Where would you put your money? I would put it on Freddie Anderson. I would not bet against him getting back, uh, being back in starter's form by then. If he can rollerblade out in Vancouver with the boys, I would like to think that uh, a couple weeks from now he will be back starting uh, and ready to take this Leafs team on a playoff run. I did enjoy those rollerblading pictures. I see Austin Matthews <laughs> giving the side eye to the person taking the picture. Like, uh, please relax, paparazzi out in Vancouver who are, I mean, they, they look pretty stylish. But, yeah, you're right. The rollerblading, at least that's another sign of optimism. Other optimism for the Leafs, Nick Foligno, we, we expect to make his debut tonight. And the odds for where he lines up in his debut Alongside Tavares and Nylander is the favorite at minus 200, followed by alongside Matthews and Marner at plus 150. Where do you think we see Nick Foligno when he joins the Leafs? I think it's got to be with Tavares and Nylander. That's where I would definitely put my cash. I just think that they have looked so good as a duo, but they are missing that spark on the other side. Sheldon Keith has been looking for it. He has tried. I've counted seven players in the last 10 or 11 games that have all you know, been a shift or two with those guys. So I think Felino can come in and be a steadying presence there. It's what they need more than anything. Galchenyuk's been pretty good with Matthews and Marner. I wouldn't necessarily want to mess with that. So i take the favor on that. So Zach, we know that Zach Hyman's out for a minimum of two weeks with that knee injury. And not a lot of talk on insider trading on TSN about what his next contract could look like. Aaron Sportsbook has... The AAV, the average annual value on Hyman's contract at $4.75 million next year. Where would your money be placed? Ooh, that's a tough one because if he's going to stay with the Toronto Maple Leafs, I would say that that's, that's pretty close. That's where I would, I would be betting that we're in the, the 4 to 4 or 5 range somewhere for him. It's going to be a hometown discount. There's no doubt. Now, if he is leaving Toronto, if he is determined to test the market, you're going over. You're going into the fives for sure on Hyman's contract. I think there's a lot of teams that would be willing uh, to put their money into Hyman's pocket to get what he's bringing. But we know he wanted to be in Toronto from the start. He's from here. His roots are here. Got a family now. 
I would think there's at least a possibility that he would stick right around that 4-5 or five range uh, in order to get something long-term done with the Leafs. So that would be my that would be my gut feeling of just knowing Hyman and where he wants to be. Uh, I would think that would uh, that would be good uh, a good bet. But of course, uh, you know, you never know with these contracts and where they're going to head. But I, I think my gut would be uh, right around that uh, that four five four seven number. All right, Aaron Sportsbook on point with the numbers as far as Zach Hyman's contract. And Kristen, as always, you were on point with your debut appearance on The Edge. We thank you for your time and make sure to check out all of Kristen's work on tsn.ca, TSN 1050, anywhere, anything that's associated with TSN, you're going to see Kristen and her terrific work. So thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, thank you very much. That's uh, Kristen Shilton. And yeah, it's a big one for the for the Leafs tonight. It, there's no doubt about it. They've been struggling. They've lost five games in a row, and they remain the favorite. I believe they've only been the underdog one time this season in 50, wait, how many games have they played? 45 games, which is remarkable to think. And that's a testament to the power that this team has offensively. They've gotten. They've had some good runs of goaltending with Jack Campbell, certainly in the last month or so, but that seems to have dried up. And in spite of his recent struggles, we expect to see him in net. We expect to see Nick Foligno in the lineup. No Hyman, no Bogosian, but uh, a, a different-looking Leafs lineup tonight, and Blake Wheeler will be back in the lineup for Winnipeg after missing a couple of games with a concussion. Matthew Cause, the host of Game Day, is going to join us next. We're going to veer a little bit towards the Oscars, and they go on Sunday night. And Matthew is a movie buff. He is the Siskel and Ebert of TSN 1050, both combined. So we're going to get the lowdown on where his picks lie. We're going to talk a little bit about the CFL and the return to play that they announced yesterday. And, of course, the Raptors, a big win over Brooklyn, and what kind of damage they can do in the Eastern Conference for the rest of the season. I'm Aaron Karolnik. You're listening to The Edge on TSN 1050. on this Thursday morning. I'm Aaron Cole, and we're talking all things gambling, all things fantasy sports, and when it comes to gambling, the Oscars, a surprisingly large market to wager on. A man who hosts game day here on TSN 1050, who loves this song, by the way, Signs by the Five Man Electrical Band. He's also a CFL.ca columnist. He's making his debut on the edge. It's Matthew Cos. Good morning, Matthew. Why are you doing this to me? Why are you playing this trash song it's not, it's not for trash, my man. introduction? <laughs> it's, it's, it's not trash. This is a gem of a song. And it's always good to have an inside joke between two people that literally no one else on earth would know about <laughs> to start a so segment. Great. But, you know, that's what we do here on The Edge. A lot of dumb things. But nothing dumb about the Oscars on Sunday. Damn, terrible segue. No one's seen any of the movies, Matt, except perhaps you. Nomadland, even Michael Landsberg, I was asking him this morning, Matt, have you ever yeah. heard of Nomadland? He's like, no, what's that? I'm like, it's the prohibitive favorite to win Best Picture. And, of course, He's you can attribute that to it? He had never heard of it. He never you heard of it. You know what this is. You know what this is. Michael doesn't know how to work any streaming service. Because he goes mm. to movies all the time, but now he's got to figure out, is it on Hulu? Is it on Amazon Prime? Is it on Netflix? He has no idea where to find these movies. He's like Doug Ford with his 2013 BlackBerry, just staring Don't at you it, dare. expecting, expecting Nomadland to pop up. So tell us, before we get to the odds, a lot of people have no idea about the movies that are up for Best Picture. I know you're a cinephile. You and Adnan Verk hold down that title on both sides of the border. So what do you think about this year's crop of, of movies? 
First off, again, how dare you rip someone using a BlackBerry? I had one like 10 months ago. Um, yeah, this is it's a tough year because, A, there's no blockbusters. B, people were in the movie theater. And C, honestly, like most of the movies, they're not very fun. Like they're not like happy movies that, that uh, you're going to leave feeling great. Now, they're inspiring. There's a lot of really good movies out there, but there's not ones that may fill you with joy. You might have some joyful moments. So this is a tough year. So I get it. Uh, this is a year you might not know movies. But it doesn't mean you can't make money. You could absolutely uh, make some cash uh, betting on the Oscars. And that's exactly what we do here on this show. Matthew Cause is our guest. You know him from Game Day. You know him from CFL.ca. And, of course, the Mako and Cause podcast. So Nomadland minus yeah. 500 to win Best Picture. That's yeah, basically I, I, a look. Yeah. The, the, the thing is about the Oscars is usually they do go chalk. So it's a good place to sprinkle money. You, you might not get great odds, but it's a place where you should feel pretty good about it. So what, what I would say, I don't know if you can do parlays on the Oscars, but if you want to do sort of like an easy money parlay, Nomadland at minus 500, and then the director is minus 5,000. What is her name, Matt? Uh, Chloe Zhao is going to okay. win it. I saw what you did right there, um, <laughs> and I'm just going to keep moving on. Shame yes. on you. Um, so take... If you can, it's not great odds, but if you can bundle it together, you will get some sort. Uh, you know, you'll you'll get a decent payday. Um, I'll give. Do you, do you want? Uh, I'll give you a long shot. I'll give you first. I my, need a long shot from you. Okay, my favorite long shot, and it's uh, Riz Ahmed, who uh, starred in the movie Sound of Metal. He's plus fourteen hundred for best actor, and everything is going towards Chadwick Boseman. Um, and and I get why because you know it's just tragedy to, to pass away at such a young age. But if we're just looking at who, you know, did a better job, I think Urgent Admin did a far better job for Sound of Metal. So if you want to take a, uh, and that's plus 1,400, if you want to take an upset, that's where I go. Okay. Well, all right. I'm making, making some notes and making some wagers here as we speak. And I'm yeah. thinking back to a couple of weeks ago when I was talking on the show about a big sleeper I had for Best Picture, Minari that there was a lot of positive narratives for that film heading into award season. I was telling people, bet Minari at plus 1,200. I think it's going to be, by the time the Oscars roll around, it's going to be plus 200, plus 300. Today, Minari is plus 1,600. So clearly things have not gone my way as far (laughs) as that goes. But things are going my way when it comes to the return of the Canadian Football League, Matt. We both are very passionate CFL fans. And yesterday, the big announcement from the CFL that they plan to return to play on August 5th, assuming all goes well in our country with regards to the coronavirus and still a lot of balls up in the air with regards to that. But when it comes to the idea of a start on August 5th, would you wager on the CFL playing 14 regular season games? Or do you think Randy Ambrosi and company are a tad optimistic about the start date? Well, I mean, I, I think 14 games makes sense. I mean, August 5th is forever away from now. And, you know, the, the vaccination numbers are only going to get better, no matter what we think of Trudeau or Ford or anyone in between. And, I mean, I, I like the idea that we could see some of these Eastern Conference teams playing a couple more games in Winnipeg, Calgary, Edmonton, in places that probably have more vaccinations and different sort of COVID protocols. And it is all outdoors. I don't see why in August we can't have it. I mean, also think about this. Have we heard any stories 
of COVID outbreaks for the uh, for the Texas Rangers. I mean, they've packed up 50,000 people to see a baseball game, and I haven't heard any stories, and that was a couple of weeks ago. I haven't heard stories of any major spikes. So I, I think August 5th, I know we're not supposed to be optimistic, but I am. Nice. I, I, too, am optimistic. I share your vaccine optimism. I'm also optimistic about the chances of the Toronto Argonauts this year, a team that has been the worst team in the CFL since winning the Grey Cup in 2017. But they had a wholesale change. Think about a new coach, uh, John Murphy and Pinball Clemens running the show from a personnel perspective. Of course, Nick Arbuckle coming over from Calgary. What do you make of the Argos odds at plus 750 to win the Grey Cup this year? It makes sense. Uh, 750. Uh, I, I think there's some better value out there, but you're going through the east, which is still far easier than going out west, uh, than, than getting out of the west. And also Cordero Law, Charleston Hughes, Cameron Judge, Hanak Mwamba, you know, they have brought in so, I mean, we focus on the quarterback, and I guess I know why we do, and also Eric Rogers. But man, did they add a lot of big names on defense, including some great Canadian talent, so that helps the ratio. So, you know, the Argonauts at plus 750 aren't bad. I am, um, like, the, the one, obviously, Hamilton at plus 333 is, it's not enough value. It's the safe bet because the Ticats have the one thing you need during uncertainty. They've got two quarterbacks that can get it done. But I'm, I'm kind of eyeing Edmonton. So at plus 1100, you give me Sir Vincent Rogers, uh, um, uh, Derek Dennis on the offensive line, Travis, Tra- Trevor Harris, excuse me, uh, Derek Walker, Greg Ellinson, Armani Edwards. Uh, James Wilder could be the next C.J. Gable. Uh, I know they're not great defensively, but I was looking at the odds this morning, and, you know, if I'm going for real value, I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking Edmonton a little bit. Hot CFL talk with Matthew Cause here uh-huh. on The Edge. Make sure to listen to Matthew's show game day a little bit later right here on TSN 1050. Matt, let's shift to the wraps because – we it's been such a weird last month, six weeks for this team where they're sitting everybody and then last night all of a sudden everybody is back in the lineup and they beat a Brooklyn team, albeit without Kevin Durant and James Harden, but still a very impressive performance from the team. What do you make of the way that they're going to approach the last ten games of the season? And do you think perhaps there could be some sneaky value in betting on the Raps, maybe not necessarily to do any real damage in the East, but to make the playoffs, you could get plus money in a pretty significant way, a plus 250, plus 300 on a number of books. And again, to make the playoffs would qualify as getting past the play-in round, and Raptors at a 10 in the East would have to overcome some significant obstacles. But do you think this team is equipped to do so? Yes. So wait a minute. It's like plus 250 for them just to make the playoffs as the eighth seed after winning the play plan round. Is that correct? That's, well, that's correct. But keep in mind that when you're in this play-in, you need to win two games as opposed to the seven yep. and eight seeds winning one. So you're at a pretty significant disadvantage. You are, but look at, like, we've seen great moments from Malachi Flynn, Chris Boucher, and Gary Trent Jr. That's now the bench. You know, if, if these guys are all back, and let's face it, if the Raptors were going full tank, they never would have got Ken Birch. You know, if they were, go- if they were going full tank, they would have just traded Lowry and got whatever back. They didn't. So now that you've got Lowry and Van Vliet back and Siakam, and we look how good OG Ananobi was, you know, this is, I, I, I love those sort of odds. Chicago is falling. Um, Miles Turner is out for the Pacers. Like, who above the Raptors, you know, in that 8, 9, 10 area, who really, you know, the play-in, who really scares you? 
The Bulls don't scare me. When's Levine coming back? So, no, I, I really like this one because why not? You know, if Kyle Lowry, you know, we know the, the level of just compete. We know the level of just the pride for these guys have. I, I, love, I love those odds of them uh, getting to the playing tournament. And Saturday features a Raptors-Knicks matchup, two of your squads. I know you're a Knicks fan as well. Yeah. Knicks have been just unbelievable this year. They've won eight straight now. That's a game that I think will really go a long way in determining I mean, hot take but there. there. The thing with the Knicks, oh, yeah, and you're, you're right, and I think that game might be on our station. Um, but the thing is, is, that is, the thing with the Knicks, though, is they're a try-hard team, which is great, but it means their ceiling isn't as high. If I look at the overall talent, and nice job by Julius Randle, but overall, if I look at talent, I think the Raptors are a more talented team than the Knicks. And I know Thibodeau's getting a lot of praise, and he should. I think Nick Nurse is, is, a, better, is a better coach. And, I mean, listen, if these guys are healthy and they're not resting, like if, if this team legitimately decides, let's go for it, it's a good, this is a good team. This is a team that beat Milwaukee back-to-back, beat Philly, you know, slows yep. down Joel Embiid. It's a good Raptors team. I wonder if Washington, and I know we, we have a mutual disdain for Russell Westbrook, and rightfully so. He's not a winning basketball player, but they've won six straight. They've won eight of their last ten. And when you have a backcourt like Beal and Westbrook, I mean, good luck defending that. And there's they have other warts in their games, and they lost Denny Evdia, one of our favorite players, uh, <laughs> the Israeli connection there. But, I mean, Washington, yeah. I, I don't know if you could really make the argument that the Raptors are the more talented team than Washington is. Um, I would I would say they are. We, they're not the more talented team in terms of just for your fantasy team. But, you know, Bradley Beal puts up all these numbers, but he doesn't usually do a lot of winning. And I know it's not all his fault, obviously. It's the guys around him. But still doesn't do a lot of winning. And the same thing with Westbrook. And, and Westbrook's playing better now because he's, he's healthy. He's healthier now than he was in January or February. But we've seen him shoot his way back into a game, but then also remember the last time they played and he took like eight bad shots oh, yeah. in the fourth quarter and just pushed them right back out. I have no trust. I have zero trust in, uh, in Westbrook. I, and I think Washington, well, a lot of teams they are beating up on some bad teams themselves. Uh, they're a weird one. Like uh, Washington, much like the Raptors, it feels like we have no idea what they're doing, but the Raptors also, I think of a higher ceiling. Matt, I want to get you out of here on this. Would you take the Brooklyn Nets or the field in the Eastern Conference from here on out? I would have to take uh, – I would take the Brooklyn Nets because if uh, – at least I get to win money if they do it. Um, I, wouldn't, I would hate myself for doing it, but I would uh, – yeah, I would, I would take the Brooklyn Nets, and I would hope that I was dreadfully wrong. Brooklyn, even money to win the East. The the Milwaukee Bucks are plus three hundred, followed by the Sixers at plus four hundred. I mean, you could bet on both the Bucks and the Sixers, and if just one of the two wins the East, yeah. you're in the green. Might make some sense. It always makes sense to have you as part of any program on TSN ten fifty, Matt. And it's <laughs> been great to have you as part of this one. I got to tell you, smooth transitions and segues throughout. Just work on your music. Yeah, I learned uh, I learned it all from Bob Makowitz. Okay, thanks, How Matt. How dare you? <laughs> Take care. Yeah. All right, that is Matthew Cause. Make sure to listen to Game Day later today and to check out his great work on CFL.ca because the CFL is coming back. Uh, from Canadian football to American football, the NFL draft one week away, and we know Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. We know Zach Wilson 
presumably will go number two, but who will go number three? Is it Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields? Maybe Trey Lance? Maybe it's the Pitts kid, the tight end, who apparently is going to change the position as we know it. Johnny Avello sets the lines, and when you need answers, you go down to Vegas. And we'll get them next on The Edge. You give me It's the edge on this Thursday morning. I am Aaron Corona with you to the top of the clock. We've got Leafs lunch. We've got game day. And of course, overdrive coming up on this very station. Before any of that, we welcome in, and the voice guy said, expert advantage in the world of gambling. Nowhere is that more apparent with our next guest. It is Johnny Avello, the director of race and sportsbook operations at DraftKings. Good morning, Johnny. How are you? Hello, Aaron. I'm doing well. Thank you. And thank you very much for joining us. I know it's an early morning for you out on the West Coast in Las Vegas. We appreciate it. And we appreciate your insight when it comes to the NFL draft, which is coming up in seven days, a, an event I cannot wait for. I'm very intrigued by what the San Francisco 49ers are going to do with the third overall pick. We know they traded up for it. A lot of people believe that meant they had the pick in mind when they made the transaction. What is the betting market telling you about where the Niners will go with the number three pick? You know, that's an interesting market you mentioned there, Aaron, and that's the one market that we have the most money on so far. Uh, We opened Mac Jones the favorite. Uh, We made an adjustment. Justin Fields was bringing in some money a couple days ago. He became the favorite. And now Mac Jones is back to uh, the favorite again. So we have money on both of those guys. And, of course, we, we believe it's going to be one of those two. Personally, I think it's probably going to be Mac Jones. He feels like the better fit for the 49ers. Love it. That works for me. I may have a wager on Mac Jones going at number three. I'm curious, though, as someone who sets the line, sets the odds, when you see someone, let's say Adam Schefter, come out and say, I believe that Mac Jones is going to go third overall, do you immediately shift your odds based on a comment like that? Not immediately, but we certainly have to respect that opinion. Uh, Aaron, that's what makes this draft so much different than to book than games. You know, for games, we put up uh, a number based on our power ratings, uh, our opinions, our ratings. And for the draft, it's kind of totally out of our hands. It's it's not the best player uh, who gets selected next. It's the player who fits that team's profile, who they need. Uh, so it's this a different proposition of book. It's tricky. It's very difficult to make revenue on. Um, so we have to watch it closely. We have to respect everyone's opinion. Yeah, you have to be concerned about some inside information leaking from one of the war rooms, um, one of the teams in the top 10. And and on the subject of the top 10, there's been a lot of debate about where Justin Fields, Mac Jones, even Trey Lance will go. Those are the quarterbacks behind Lawrence and Wilson who are expected to go pretty high. What does the betting public tell you about where guys like Fields and Lance will end up? Uh, It looks like... Fields could act. It's possible if Fields doesn't go three, he could drop down to six, uh, you know, and, and Lance could go before him. What we do know is that Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Lance, uh, probably 
all going and uh, Wilson all going in the top uh, ten picks. Looks like we might even have you know five quarterbacks in the first ten picks and five quarterbacks for the whole uh, first round. Now that's a little tricky proposition with us, Aaron, because we initially opened up four and a half quarterbacks. And now we're at five and a half quarterbacks with the under juice pretty significantly. And I, I think we're in a pretty difficult spot there because I think it's going to be five, five quarterbacks yeah. exactly in the first round. Uh, Johnny, let's shift from the NFL to the NBA. I am very fascinated to see the Brooklyn Nets held in such high esteem by sports books and sports book directors like yourself. Because the lack of continuity that we've seen from their big three, you think about Harden, Durant, and Kyrie Irving, only playing seven games together this year, and yet Brooklyn is even money to win the East, and teams like Milwaukee and Philly, who have played together not only this year, but in years past a lot more than Brooklyn has, you could find uh, Philly at plus 400, if not higher, Milwaukee around plus 300. Is a lot of money coming in on Brooklyn? Is that the reason for just the way you have to set your, your lines? Uh, there hasn't been a lot of money on the Nets, uh, you know, over the past couple of weeks. But prior to that, going back six weeks to two months, uh, we did take a lot of money on the Nets. And so, therefore, uh, and, and let's face it, yeah, you mentioned those three guys haven't played a lot of games together. But when they do play together, uh, you know, they're, it's a tough trio for sure. Uh, the East is not as difficult. Certainly, as the uh, as the West is, so uh, you know I would give the Nets the nod right now over the Bucks and the Seventy Sixers, and then after that, you know it it's difficult for some of these teams like the Heat and Celtics and then Hawks to compete with those three on the West side. Though my God, you know between the Lakers and the Clippers, Suns, Jazz, Nuggets, it's a it's a game every single night. It'd be tough even for the the first. The one seed will probably have an easier time first round, but everybody else will have a difficult time. But, yeah, I think the Nets uh, deserve to be the favorites still, even though you mentioned that, uh, you know, the team hasn't had a cohesive group together here for quite some time. Any money coming in on our Toronto Raptors down on DraftKings Sportsbook, Johnny? Uh, the answer to that would be no, Aaron. <laughs> I figured that was my guess as well. Johnny Avello from DraftKings is our guest here on the Edge, a big UFC event, which I'm sure a lot of money is pouring in on on DraftKings. It's Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal, number two after Usman just dismantled Masvidal, who fought in a very limited camp. He did not have a big lead-up, and somehow, and you're going to have to explain to me why, Masvidal is a bigger underdog this time around with a full camp than he was last time around where he had something like four or five days to prepare. What's the, uh, what's the uh, betting public uh, looking at this fight like? Uh, the betting public's been on Usman so far, and they know this is typical that we'll get favorite money early. Uh, but Masvidal, I believe, will get money when we get closer to the event um, a couple days away. Uh, yeah, when I say closer, I'm talking about day of. Um, UFC's been a great betting proposition for us. You know, it was isolated back in June of last year, May, June. And, uh, you know, now even though now it has competition, every all the major sports are back in action, uh, it's still doing really, really well. 
And, you know, last week, last week's fight um, between Paul and, uh, uh, at, what's his name, at, Askin, Askin. Uh, ben, Askren, fight, ben Askren. Ben Askren. Yeah. That fight drew uh, a lot of money. It was one of our top events of the day. Now, that was in UFC, but, I, you know, it was a combination of the two, you might say. Um, and that was the top event of the day. Just to show you that people are still interested in, uh, you know, in boxing also. And you mix the two together, and even a, a road show like those two guys last week, um, you know, there's just a lot of money and a lot of interest uh, on the event, on these events on a weekly basis. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that event. I'm also excited for the Oscars, which I understand you guys are taking some money in as well. And, and this is a weird year. We were talking with Matthew Cause a little bit earlier about the Oscars and maybe where some of his wagers would lie. A lot of heavy favorites to win and a lot of films, frankly, that people haven't even seen. Has this year seen less of an interest when it comes to betting on the Oscars, more or about the same as usual? Well, no, it's more because we. This is our third year uh, taking wagers on the Oscars. The first year was New Jersey only. Now we've expanded to a few more states. Uh, hope to have more on board in the future. Uh, it is real chalky this year. There's no doubt about it. But yeah, it is a different year. A lot of these movies were you could see on uh, streaming on Netflix and and other providers. You know, you could have saw uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank. Um, and uh, even the favorite Nomadland and, uh, you know, some of the others. But you couldn't see, what you couldn't see was the father. You couldn't see Minari. And so I think what happens is uh, that those aren't going to get as much interest on the betting side as the ones you could see. Uh, so, you know, we, we have uh, Nomadland, a favorite at one to six. In some of these other categories, my God, we we have such a strong uh just, you know, favorite in some of them, 1 to 16 uh, in, the, in the actor for Chadwick Boseman. Uh, the director, uh, Zo- uh, Chloe Zale, is like 1 to 30. So I think in the top six categories, and although we're doing all 24, there's still a couple categories that might be up for grabs. I think the actress in a leading role, that's one that is open. And then possibly actress in a supporting role, even though we have a one to five favorite there, I could I could see an outside upset there also. So, um, yeah, you mentioned it, chalkiness. It's there. Johnny, you, you are the director of race and sportsbook operations at DraftKings, and I was reading your bio prior to having you on. I mean, we've chatted many times. You worked at the Win before, and your job, man, just fascinates me to no end. You think about all the lines you set and all the different interests and the different markets you make an impact on. Very cool stuff, and we always love having you as part of our show. Thank you very much for doing this for us this morning. You're welcome, Aaron. Thanks for having me on. Everyone have a good day. All right, that is Johnny Avello from DraftKings. Think about his role. His job is, okay, let's look at the Oscars. Let's look at the Raptors game. Let's look at the PGA Championship coming up in May, and let's make the best wagers so our sportsbook can make the most money. That's a cool job, and yes, I would love to submit an application for something. Unfortunately, I am a square better. Well... In any case, uh, we wrap things up on The Edge coming up next. We'll tell you the latest when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who is in and who is out, and I will tell you where the value lies in betting on the NBA championship. That and more next on The Edge.
Wrapping things up here on the edge, I am Aaron Kulonik, was watching Doug Ford give a virtual press conference as he is in isolation right now after a COVID exposure. We hope uh, all is well with that. Um, and if you were a fan of outdoor recreation, which has been shuttered by our province, no positive news to inform you on because that question not really elaborated on. So if you like playing golf or tennis or going to the park, meh, it's uh, not happening, at least for another day, but perhaps, and we hope that will change in the very near future. Well, while you're spending your time inside, certainly watching the Leafs and the Jets tonight from Winnipeg, again, the Leafs are a minus 135 favorite. The over-under is six goals. And I really am pumped to see how the Leafs come out tonight. And Kristen Chilton, when she joined us a little bit earlier in the show, was talking about the Leafs' ability to bounce back, their resiliency in big situations. And I would argue that tonight is a big situation for the Maple Leafs. They have the Jets and the Oilers kind of nipping on their heels now in the North Division. The Leafs have lost five in a row. There are calls for their goaltending situation that is certainly in disarray, to say the least. Both Jack Campbell and David Riddick have been struggling of late, and Freddie Anderson has not seen an NHL goal in more than a month. So the goaltending situation is uncertain, but that can be rectified very simply by Jack Campbell coming out and putting up a performance like he did a couple of weeks ago against these very Jets, where he allowed one goal on 34 shots, but... On the other side of the ice, we know Connor Hellebuck, the Vezina Trophy-winning netminder for Winnipeg. He's there, and he seems to always put together a spectacular performance against the Leafs. We expect Nick Foligno to make his Maple Leafs debut tonight. Whether or not he lines up with Tavares and Nylander, whether it's with Matthews and Marner, it remains to be seen. But Kristen Shelton, when she visited Aaron in Sportsbook earlier, she wagered that it would be alongside Tavares and Nylander. We know Zach Bogosian is out. We know Zach Hyman also out. And we know that Blake Wheeler will make his return for Winnipeg, their captain. So that's an impactful move for them leading into tonight's game. And... We appreciate you doing us the honor of listening to the show. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and give us a good rating. You know, the good ratings really bump us up the iTunes list, and we want to be at the top. If we're even mentioned in the same breath as Overdrive, we will be thrilled to hear it, and we thank you for being part of the show. Uh, for Chris Diavero, our technical producer, for Kristen Shilton, Matthew Koss, and Johnny Avello, who joined me, I am Aaron Karolnik. We will be back next week on the day of the NFL drafts, and I can guarantee you we will be delving deep into all the wagers associated with that. Can't wait to bring that show to you, and we'll be back next Thursday with that. Thanks for being with us.